Hi, it's John here. If you're like me, you've probably watched more movies and documentaries in the past six months than you did in the last six years. If you're like me, you've probably read more books too. Biographies, pulp fiction, maybe some poetry. We're in the midst of a storytelling boom, a new golden age for the human narrative. And there's something quite unique about this storytelling age that makes it different from anything we've seen before. No, it's not us, the binging masses. It's this, it's our stories on streaming platforms and paperbacks, or even back in the cinema. They're coming from every corner of the earth and from writers who often have no connection to the publishing or movie making world. These new stories are crowdsourced, they're open sourced, they're widely sourced. This may be the most democratic age of storytelling we've ever known. And a Canadian company is at the heart of it. This is RBC Disruptors. I'm your host, John Stackhouse. You may or may not know of Wattpad, a Toronto-based storytelling platform whose users upload 1 million files a day. But if you're among the millions who enjoyed the Netflix movie, The Kissing Booth, or The Kissing Booth 2, you're a Wattpad fan. If you went back to the movies last weekend and saw After We Collided, you're a Wattpad fan. Or if you read the 2018 book, She's With Me, and were like the 98% of Google users who liked it, you're a Wattpad fan. And you're not alone. Wattpad is reporting a sharp rise in user statistics, timed almost in lockstep with the COVID lockdown. Writer activity, both existing authors writing new stories and new writers signing up, increased 200%. People increased how long they were reading by almost 30%. And commenting on stories jumped 45%. That's great for Wattpad and good for all of us as consumers. But can this new age of digital storytelling also help us as a nation that prides itself on storytelling? This is the land of Atwood and Ondaatje, of Cronenberg and Polly, and could be that land and much more in a vast new digital universe of storytelling. With me today is Alan Lau. Alan is a serial entrepreneur with strong roots in technology operating on mobile platforms. He's the co-founder of a venture capital fund that invests in early stage internet companies. And he's also the co-founder and CEO of Wattpad. Alan, thanks for making some time for us to tell the Wattpad story. John, thanks for inviting me. So Alan, before we get too deep into the future of content on a global scale, I want to make sure people have a sense of what Wattpad is and what it does. Can you give us a nutshell description? Wattpad is a global multi-platform entertainment company. We have an app that lets people discover and share stories, stories from science fiction to romance and everything in between. We have 80 million monthly users using the app, of which about uh, 4 million are writers. And they upload close to a million new chapters every day on our platform in 50 different languages. We pick the best stories on our platform and turn them into TV shows, movies, print books, and other forms. 50 languages. I want to get back to that point. That's extraordinary. <laughs> what language surprises you most to know that is on your platform? Some of the lesser spoken languages like Vietnamese, Bahasa Indonesia, Tagalog from the Philippines or Turkish, they are also very popular on our platform. 
So you've become the United Nations of uh, certainly of storytelling uh, in a digital universe. I wonder if you can take us back to the origin story. You started working on an app to enable reading on mobile phones in 2002. That may surprise some of our listeners that there were mobile phones in 2002. Of course there were, uh, but you soon realized it wasn't quite the right time for that technology. I, I, I seem to recall devices being a little clunkier. Take us back to uh, almost 20 years ago and how Wattpad was born. The first idea, the uh, a reading app running on the Nokia phone, but uh, very clearly, uh, once I have built the prototype, it is not going to work because you cannot finish reading a sentence without uh, scrolling, without pressing a down arrow and to read a chapter on the book, let alone the entire book. Uh, you probably have to press the down arrow a thousand times. So I, I knew timing wasn't right for me. After that prototype, I, of course, I put this on hold. And then fast forward to year 2006, the most popular phone at that time was the flip phone, the Motorola Razr, right? Uh, so instead of uh, reading two lines of text, I could read 10 at a time. So I thought, well, perhaps timing is right. Uh, th this is the technology enabler, which is the reading screen, is ready for this. And I resurrected that idea in my basement. And then, uh, oh, in the blue, a very good friend of mine his name is Ivan Yoon. He instantly messaged me, hey, Alan, I'm working on a, a new product idea. Can you give me some feedback? I click on that link uh, on the instant messenger and, and guess what I saw? He was working on a mobile reading app as well, but he was uh, one step ahead of me. He also built a website where people can freely share their, their writings and consume on both the browser and, and on the mobile phone. And uh, I, when I saw this, oh my goodness, someone that I know, some of the, uh, one of the smartest people I've ever worked with came up with a very, very similar, if not identical idea. It must be a good idea. So two days later, I flew to Vancouver and we met at the airport and, uh, and the rest is history. The rest, of course, was another decade. Uh, there's a great line in theater that people are often a 10-year overnight success. Uh, so Wattpad may fall into that category of being a 10-year overnight success. You had set out to gain a million users in the first year. That's usually the enthusiasm for an entrepreneur, but I think got only to a thousand and had uh, a bit of a grind from there. What were the big challenges and breakthroughs in those early years? Yeah, uh, in the in the first couple of years, uh, there were quite a few challenges. Some of that uh, uh, is the environment. Some of that is uh, just the nature of the business. So, from the environment uh, perspective, the capability wasn't uh, good enough. And uh, two years after we started, iPhone came out, Android came out. That was super helpful because you can start it to read very comfortably, uh, or even write on on the on the smartphones. And secondly, the mobile data plan and Wi-Fi wasn't quite ubiquitous in 2006, but in 2008, uh, because iPhone came out, you know, mobile data plan was becoming a reality and that's uh, really helped the, the business. At the same time, there were some challenges about the business itself because Wattpad is a network that connects writers and readers and without any people uploading the content, no one would come to read the content and uh, there's no reader, there's no writer to upload any content because they have no incentive, they have no audience. So we have we had that chicken egg problem. In the first uh, couple of years, we were utilizing public domain 
books like Pride and Prejudice, uh, the works from Charles Dickens to, to kind of bootstrap this, to kickstart the flywheel, but it took time. And by year 2008, two years after we started, uh, finally we started to see some original content emerge on Wattpad. It's an important message for any entrepreneur that you need to appreciate convergence. It's rarely your product on its own that succeeds. It's a convergence of forces, of hardware and software, of uh, consumer acceptance, of an ecosystem, in your case of uh, authors and uh, readers. I want to play this clip for our listeners of some Wattpad authors who can share their perspective of what the platform means for them. So far, I've finished four novels on Wattpad, or five actually, and I don't think I would have ever finished any of them if I didn't have like people giving me their support as I was writing. Wattpad gives me a way to, to connect with readers right away. Wattpad's changed my life drastically. I'm pretty sure that if I wasn't posting my novels on Wattpad, I probably would not have finished one. Samia, Ian, and Mason are just a few of the writers publishing on Wattpad. But of course, Wattpad isn't the only writing platform out there. Alan, what in your mind sets Wattpad apart from other platforms that allow users to self-publish their stories? I'm thinking of Amazon on uh, Kindle or Medium. Yeah, there's quite a few differences. On our platform, unlike the uh, traditional publishing industry, uh, there's no gatekeeper. As a writer, you write, you feel good about uh, your, your your draft, you press the, the publish button and boom, it's available to the 80 million monthly users who can access the, the, the content freely. That's number one. And number two, it's not just the content itself. It's about the connection. It's about building the fan base. Any writer on our platform can connect to any of his or her fans. So think about this. If you're a writer of a traditional book that you buy in a bookstore, can you connect to the author of the book? It's very, very hard to do. However, on Wattpad, any writer can start building the fan base, start connecting, and start collecting feedback and comments from the readers. And I think that's one of the biggest differences and, and differentiators. That's a very noble idea, but of course, we live in an age where that kind of open feedback can be very negative. We just see what's happening on other social media platforms, Twitter and Facebook, mm -hmm. uh, particularly. How do you manage against that kind of negative culture, takedown culture, uh, and attack culture in many places that we're seeing almost out of control? Yeah, we recognize uh, on an open internet, there would be some negative comments or negative feedback because we recognize this really early in the evolution or the journey of the, of the company. We make a, an effort to make sure we have the proper content and community guidelines, uh, what type of behavior we, we are encouraging, what type of behavior is allowed on our platform. It was very clear. And most importantly, uh, not only we have the guidelines, but when we see inappropriate content or behavior, we don't debate, we, we delete. And that way we built a very strong positive culture over time. And that in a way we, we are still ripping re reward of that early effort because we, we were very heavy handed in making sure we can maintain the positive behavior. That culture carries on uh, until today. And that's why when people come onto Wattpad, they were, uh, many of them, they were presently surprised by how positive the communication, the, the platform and, and the community is. We're talking about storytelling and you started largely with writers, authors of short stories and books, but you've pivoted 
or expanded, maybe another way of describing it, over the last decade into TV and film. Talk to us about that strategic shift and how you figured you could get into a very well-established uh, business in terms of uh, screenplay writing. Yeah. So what we were doing almost 14 years ago when we first started, we're still doing this today. We have a reading app that lets people discover and share stories. We had it then, we have it now. But what's different is it's about uh, 2012. We recognize that the writers, they're sharing a lot of content on our platform. But the value of the IP or intellectual property, I'm talking about the content uh, IP here, uh, the, the value of the IP may not be fully captured or realized on our platform. Because if you look at uh, many fictional stories, uh, they became TV shows, movies, podcasts perhaps, print books, and, and many other forms, or even games. And how can we fully capture the value of the IPs uh, on behalf of our writer and, and for Wattpad too? So um, that's when we had the aha moments that what we are seeing on our platform is like an IP factory that can pump out uh, validated content IPs repeatedly. One of your successes is The Kissing Booth on Netflix that started as a Wattpad story, gained something like 19 million reads before getting a book and, and, and the Netflix deal. Walk us through The Kissing Booth story and what it tells us about Wattpad's evolution. Kissing Booth was the most popular story on Wattpad in year 2012. And then uh, it got a book publishing deal with a UK publisher. And then Netflix spotted that uh, uh, a few years ago and turned that into a movie. And, and that was available in 2018. That became the most watched uh, at that time. And for sure, the, the most rewatched movie on Netflix in year 2018. And the reason is very simple. The story itself is already good. It's already validated. And of course, it has to build in fan base on our platform already. So when Netflix launched the movie, we also ran a big marketing campaign on our platform that activate a lot of the, the, the old fans and the new fans and that kind of pushed them to, to, to watch the movie. That kickstarted the, the cycle. And of course, the, the rest is history. So you're delivering both the story and the audience. It's an amazing combination. You're listening to RBC Disruptors. I'm John Stackhouse. In every episode, we explore how innovators and leaders are reshaping the Canadian economy and the global economy as well. Whether it's the digital revolution, artificial intelligence, or social and environmental change, we want to get into it all. Join us for each of these conversations by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. And reach me on Twitter at Stackhouse John to tell me what you think. I've been speaking with Alan Lau the CEO and co-founder of Wattpad. Before the break, we talked about one of Wattpad's early success stories, The Kissing Booth. Alan, can you tell me a little more about other projects currently in the pipeline? Of course. Uh, we have uh, another movie that I want to highlight. Uh, it's called After. It was uh, the most read story on Wattpad in 2014. We partnered with Simon Schuster and co-published the five-book uh, series. 
And that became New York Times bestseller and also number one bestselling book in many countries, including Germany and many Latin American countries. Uh, but most interestingly, as uh, we also turned this into a movie a couple of years ago under the same name, and it was one of the most uh, top-grossing indie movies of the year. We uh, The opening weekend, uh, we opened number one in 17 markets, and we also won the People's Choice Award. But it uh, comes back to the uh, uh, few points, uh, the, the building audience, uh, leveraging the data and insights uh, through machine learning and, and human, and then uh, market it back to the fan base, uh, the building fan base already on our platform. Data. Data, data, data. We hear that in every conversation. Tell us how data is changing storytelling. You've got a machine learning algorithm application that helps you understand what readers are interested in, but it's more sophisticated than that. Where has that taken and where do you think, Alan, that will take, that kind of technology will take storytelling? Yeah, let me just step back and spend 10 seconds to talk about perhaps the traditional publishing and entertainment industry. Of course, uh, Netflix or uh, other companies, they, they are using uh, data to help them in recommending the best content to the audience. But on the creative side, it's the same old process that people have been using in the past 100 years, which is basically based on hunch. I think this is a good plot. I think this is a good book. I think this is a good story. But if you look at Wattpad, we collect over 200 million comments every month. We know what the fan base are thinking. We know what the audience are thinking about the, the content. So leveraging the over a billion data points that we collect every day, we utilize machine learning to analyze the data. I can tell this is a good science fiction because the story arc flows this way as opposed to that way. We also utilize uh, machine learning or AI to understand the themes. Uh, we can compare that uh, to some of the best stories on our platform. And uh, coming back to the point about comments, we know which paragraph in the entire story would be most engaging and why. And that's why we can tell the editor or the screenwriter, well, keep chapter one, chapter five, and chapter seven. But chapter seven, only the first two paragraphs, because that's what the audience are telling us. And with that type of insight, we can help the screenwriters or the editor to do a much, much better job than humanly possible. And, and how do writers feel about that kind of guidance from machines? Everybody loves it because at the end of the day, with the help of the data, not only the, the editors or the screenwriters can do a better job, the writers, they get real-time feedback from the audience. They know uh, what they like. They know what they don't like. And over time, the writings got improved. The storylines got improved. And it's just a win-win-win for everyone. I imagine that's very appealing to your business partners, to the publishers or uh, streaming platforms or production studios to have that kind of intelligence even before they get their hands on it. But there's also a risk, I imagine, of bias. A lot of discussion about bias in AI uh, in every sector. But it seems in this particular application, there's an evident danger of bias, of stories being all the same or representing the biases of the audience that is maybe most vocal or active in the feedback loops. How do you manage those concerns, which I imagine are growing, not shrinking? 
Yeah, absolutely is a valid concern. AI is only as good as the data that uh, uh, provides the AI engine uh, and our uh, AI technology called Store DNA uh, would have the same issue. Fortunately, we also have one of the most diverse data sets, if not the most uh, diverse data sets on the planet, because we, we see over a billion uh, chapter uploads already in 50 different languages uh, within the, the content and our data. We see the diversity, including minorities, including marginalized voices from around the world. Our data reflects that. So with such a uh, rich set of data, bias is not an issue uh, for us. You talked about the uh, the global audiences that you've brought together, and Canada also is an exceptional home country given how it increasingly reflects uh, the world through extraordinary diversity. How do you manage to continue to build a diverse global company while keeping your roots here in Canada? Yeah, I think we, we all know that uh, Toronto is uh, one of the most diverse uh, cities in the world. Uh, exactly 51% of the population living in Toronto today were born outside of Canada. So naturally, we have the diversity built in. And guess what? If you look at the tech business, especially the internet business, internet by design is, is global. So without perhaps in, in, in some cases, without a physical presence in certain country, the internet has leveled the playing field. So being based in Canada is giving us the unfair advantage because we can actually address the global markets without building the office outside of Canada. We can do this from Canada. You're not only committed to Canada when you decided to launch a second headquarters, an HQ2, uh, just like Amazon, uh, you said you would stay in Canada and you picked, uh, you picked Halifax. How, how many employees do you have now across the company? We have uh, just over 200 people right now. Obvious benefits to Canada, especially Toronto and Halifax. I'm curious how you see Wattpad helping Canadian storytellers and whether that matters. You're building a global company, 50 languages, dozens of countries. Uh, maybe you're agnostic to the source of uh, or the home country of your storytellers. But what do you think a platform like Wattpad could or should mean to Canadian storytellers, Canadian content producers? Yeah, we as a platform, we are agnostic. At the same time, we are also a platform that allows minorities or diversified uh, voices to be emerged because there's no gatekeeper, it's democratized. And because of that, Canada, which is a pretty small country by population, we could be, as a country, our voices may not be loud enough simply because of our small population. And in a way, Wattpad levels the playing field. As an example, one of our most popular stories on our platform in the past couple of years is called She's With Me. The uh, author, she is based in Toronto. Her name is uh, Jessica Consolo. So uh, we published her book. Uh, so you can buy that book, uh, Indigo or uh, Barnes & Noble in the U.S. and many bookstores uh, around the world. And we are also turning the stories in partnership with Sony Pictures. Uh, we're in the process of turning that into a TV show. So as a platform, we can make the Canadian voices to be heard, not just in Canada, but make it available to 7 billion people on this planet. 
the pandemic, as I mentioned at the beginning, has changed pretty much everything, including obviously the way we all consume content. Uh, the binging culture seems here to stay. You're on the front lines or you have a front row seat to, uh, to it, Alan. How do you see digital storytelling changing through these broader changes that we're seeing in society because of uh, the pandemic, but also uh, the distancing culture that now seems to be established? Yeah, it looks like uh, uh, six years or even 10 years of changes has been compressed into a six-month time frame. Because of the lockdown, uh, new habits are being created. People are spending more time at home and will continue to spend more time at, at home. So because of that, digital media consumption has been exploding and, and WordPad uh, for sure has been a beneficiary of, of, of that. I think uh, moving forward, people still want to consume story. People still want to listen to story. People still want to write story. And people still want to interact with the creators of those stories. That is not going to change. But what's going to change is as much as people are craving for social, people are craving for storytelling, they may not get this in the old format because of the pandemic. So in a way, what we are going to see is storytelling would continuously have a turbocharger attached to it, uh, will be increasingly consumed digitally, but not, not just the creation and the consumption, but also uh, the, the community and the fan base as well. When you look ahead to the coming years, Alan, what do you figure you need most to not only continue to build, but to accelerate what you've created and what your audience is uh, creating and adding to every day? I think we are still in the very, very beginning of this transformation. We are already transforming the entire industry, both publishing and uh, entertainment. And we are turning all the decision-making into much, much more data-driven. So I think what we need to do is uh, further amplify that, further expand that, and have uh, even more projects, uh, more partnerships, and utilizing our data even more effectively. Because at the end of the day, as much as we have been utilizing uh, data, this is still very, very new. Um, the entire AI industry is less than a decade old. Uh, in fact, I, I would say most of the events came from the last five years. So I think moving forward, if we can further utilize that, we can further extract more insights, then we can ensure the movies or TV shows or, or stories that we uh, recommend uh, or we present to, to our audience would be much more targeted and the fan experience would be much more richer. Alan, this has been such an insightful and, and inspiring conversation. There's, there's certainly a few things I, I, I take away. One is the point you just made about us being in a probably more of a stay-at-home uh, era. We'll go out again, but uh, certainly we'll be more homebodies than we've probably been in decades uh, past. But whether it's home or away, we're, we're a storytelling species. It's one of the things that differentiates us as, as humans. We love to tell stories. We love to listen to stories. And we need to share stories. But there's a difference in the 2020s. We have more data. We have more machine technology that allows us to scientifically understand uh, the power of storytelling. And we're a more democratic society through technology. We have access to more ideas and to more audiences. So this should be 
the great new golden age of, uh, of storytelling, not just for a gifted and gilded few, but for everyone. Secondly, and as an extension of that, the community and audience is more powerful than ever. And that's really hard for any content creator to hand over power uh, or at least share power, to share authority with the audience. And I think you're showing just how liberating that can be to the creator when you listen to your audience, when you engage with the audience, when you let them criticize and help shape what you're building. Not only does the product get better, but wow, they are really a force to help you take your content, whatever it is, to other platforms, to grow it, to scale it, to 10x it. I think that's an important lesson for anyone uh, engaging in any form of content. But of course, it's not just the story and the audience, it's the technology. And we all have to keep our eyes and ears open for those convergence points where you may have a great piece of software, you may have great content and a great piece of software, but you need the right devices, the right computing power, uh, the right design of screens, (laughs) uh, the user experience to make it all uh, engaging because people don't have time or frankly patience for experiences that are are not outstanding. But when you stitch all those together, which I sense you're doing at Wattpad, uh, it doesn't matter where you are in uh, Toronto, Halifax, or the far end of of the earth, you can be a, a global company. And that should be the story, if I can put it that way, of the 2020s. So Alan, thank you for sharing your story. I've got one last question before we let you go. And that's to tell us what you're reading right now on Wattpad. What am I reading? Uh- one of the stories that I mentioned, she's with me. Uh, I'm halfway through right now. It's a great story that I enjoy every night. Well, I think the uh, audience for She's With Me probably just grew a bit and will continue to grow. Alan, <laughs> always a pleasure to spend time with you. Thank you for being on RBC Disruptors. Thank you so much. My guest today has been Alan Lau, the CEO and co-founder of Wattpad. I'm John Stackhouse. And this is RBC Disruptors. This podcast is brought to you by RBC. Join us next time when we join forces with Next Canada to bring you the stories of three young entrepreneurs helping to create a more ambitious and competitive Canada. Talk to you soon. RBC Disruptors is created by the RBC Thought Leadership Group and does not constitute a recommendation for any organization, product, or service. It's produced and recorded by JAR Audio. For more RBC Disruptors content, like or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and visit rbc.com slash disruptors.